we're going to start this week by talking about Anchorman. Very timely discussion. Because we were just warming up. and uh, The human torch was denied a bank loan. <laughs> Thank you. This is like the awesomest had very large feet. <laughs> I don't really understand that one because it doesn't seem like it's difficult to say, but I saw an ostrich last week. That's the one that I, that's the one that I, an ostrich. I thought that's what you said. No, the arsonist. Does he not say oh, the, the arsonist? arsonist. No, I don't the know. I thought you said large os- feet. I thought you said ostrich. I think, I think he says the arsonist had very, uh, very large feet. Maybe now, he was a detective now. trying to break the case of who set the fire. And all he knew was that the arsonist had very large feet. What does your shoe size say about you? The arsonist has oddly shaped feet. Oddly shaped feet. Okay. That, that makes sense. Probably. Has oddly shaped feet. I think it does make sense because you got to imagine a time or two that the arsonist has burned his feet. And so they've probably, they're probably pretty malformed. <laughs> but anyway, it's true. But you anyways, started this. So, so so we were talking about Anchorman before we started recording. And I said Anchorman 1 far superior to the sequel. So this is absolutely the case, no doubt about it. Anchorman 1 is one of I think I think it's one of the great comedy movies, especially when it comes to quotable comedy movies. Yeah. It definitely had a life after its release, right? It became like a, a the, the the term you would use is cult classic. A little right? bit. Yeah. A little bit. I never saw it until um, after we went to, I went on a trip to Italy as a freshman with choir. And as we were flying back, people kept talking about, kept quoting it. And I was like, what are you guys talking about? And I had somehow missed it. And they're like, you got to watch this movie. So as soon as I got back, the first thing I did was I went and went to Walmart and and bought it. And watched it. So I think that was the real life that it had was it probably, I don't know if it's possible that it made more money after it was released, but it seems like in terms of uh, cultural knowledge, it became much more of a, of a hit after it was released on DVD. Right. I think so. There's something to that. And Anchorman 2 is not a great movie. There's some funny parts in it. The best part of it is the, uh, the battle royale yes. that they have. And that's really far and away the best part. Will Smith, of, spoiler. Of the movie. <laughs> but Anchorman 2 is incredibly prescient and incredibly incisive at what it points out about 24-hour news. And <laughs> right. I think that it actually... <laughs> so it's almost less comedy as it is... Like it's almost like a a scathing not, satire. It's almost an hour and a half hour like daily show. Yeah, is kind of what it is to be like this is this is what it's like with twenty four hour news. Don't you get it? I'm like, yeah, it's not, you know, it's kind of like that, and it just has become more and more that way. So you're saying has gone on much like after Anchorman one came out on DVD and it kind of grew and got a life of its own. Anchorman two has the same chance after the 2016 election. People should go back and watch it again and get a vibe of 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 uh, of what it's like. I don't know that you need to go back and watch it again, but... Well, then what's the point of this conversation? Because, because if, all I want to do now is go back and watch it again. That's fine, too, if you don't remember much about it. Well, let me just say, I've seen Anchorman... I can't even count how many times. I've seen Anchorman 2 one time. 
I, mean, I don't know that I've seen it more than once. I may have seen it twice. There's a possibility, but I've probably only seen it once. But I, I remember feeling like it was pretty insightful. I think I said incisive earlier. <laughs> That's an interesting term. I mean, it was pretty insightful back then. And I just feel like like every now and then when I just see what 24-hour news is just hooked on right now because they got to talk about something, I'm just reminded, reminded of Anchorman 2. Well, I've, I've told you several times about God's work that I do every morning when I go get coffee at my place of business that I happen to be a part of. Um, I go down to the second floor. I, I sit on the third floor, but I go down to the second floor because they got the nice coffee machine, as, as you may remember. Yes. And first off, the, the first thing I do is I check to see... It, it, the TV's always on a local news station, which is fine, but it's always on the standard deaf channel, which is, which is not, not fine. fine. <laughs> so it's my personal mission to spread the gospel of HD, which in 2018, why should I have to still be doing this? That's my first question. It, and it's not the people's fault. Can we agree on this? But it, it, well, whose fault is it then? It is the cable company's fault that, that the channel... That they still have SD Like if channels? you just put it on channel seven, that it's just not the HD channel seven, that you have to go to some obscure 501 yeah. channel. So I don't I mean for one thing, like DirecTV, you just put it on the channel and it's just it's HD because why would we serve you anything else? True. So that's the first thing I do. I'm if it's on it's almost always on KATV or something like that, and I'll put it over to the HD channel. But in the afternoon when I come back down later uh for a second cup of coffee, it's always found its way to either Fox News or MSNBC. And me being the the person that I am, whatever it's on, I don't care. Like I'm not, I'm, I'm not partaking in either of these channels, but whatever it's on, I just immediately click up or down depending on which channel it's on because they're right side by side. So if it's, if I come in and it's on Fox news, I, I, I think I hit up to put it on MSNBC. If I come in and it's on MSNBC, I hit down to put it on Fox news. And that's my, that's my contribution to the world. I'm just trying to balance everyone out. Interesting. It's either a contribution or I'm just trying to make people crazy. I, I haven't really decided. <laughs> but every time, that's my mission. Make sure it's on the HD channel. And then if it's on one cable news uh, channel, I just change it to the other. Just agent of chaos. Trying to help people out. Agent of change. You've changed things. Do we ever talk about uh, the Dark Knight 10th anniversary? I think I briefly mentioned it last episode. You, you had a Joker quote yeah i uh i recently discovered that i have that movie in 4k because you know long time ago i bought the blu-ray came with the digital code it's just set in my itunes forever 10 years or nine years however long it's been since i got the blu-ray and you know once a apple upgraded their uh you know video library to 4k Almost everything got upgraded with it, you know, minus the Disney stuff. Don't even want to talk about that. But so I'm, I'm reading tweets the other night and I see, you know, it's the 10th anniversary of, of the Dark Knight and everybody's doing their commentaries on it. And I'm like, I kind of want to watch parts of this movie. And I pull it up on uh, on my Apple TV and it's in 4K and I lose it. 
Like, this is great. I love this. I wish I would have bought so many more movies back in the day and I would just have them in beautiful 4K, beautiful 4K now instead of, you know, having to buy them buy them now. It would have, in the long run, been cheaper, right, if I had bought them before. I don't think so. Because they would have been cheaper when I bought them, you know. I don't think so. Maybe. Maybe not. Maybe the same. Inflation. I don't think so. I, I think they used to cost cost more. Explain it to me like I'm a five-year-old. Explain it, in, inflation to inflation? me. Inflation? Like I'm a five-year-old. Uh, I mean, the concept of inflation is is basically that money now is worth less than money in the future. So if you have a dollar right now, and, and when you take it to the extremes, this is a tactic of a math teacher. See, I thought it was, was the reverse. That if you take it to the extremes, it makes sense because if I gave you a dollar in 1920, you could have gotten a whole lot of stuff. But if you held on to that dollar until 2000, you couldn't buy anything. True. I still don't understand it. That's all right. There's just some things that my mind can't wrap itself around and I just I just nod. Basically, if you take it out of, outside of dollars, then it makes sense too. So if you were going to buy, especially like if the price of milk just follows inflation. So if one year the price of a gallon of milk is two fifty, and then in ten years the price of a gallon of milk is three fifty, well, if you got paid in gallons of milk, then when they paid you your ten gallons of milk in the earlier year, you were basically getting twenty five dollars. But now, if they give you ten gallons of milk in the later year, they're basically giving you thirty five dollars. Flip that around. If they pay you in cash <laughs> and they give you $25, well, then they're giving you 10 gallons of milk worth of money yeah. in the earlier year. But if they give you continue to give you $25 and by the time milk is $3.50 a gallon, they're still only giving you $25. That's why you got to ask for that raise, man. That's why, that's why you want, you know, cost of living increase. Yeah. Because then they're only giving you 7.142857.1429. Uh, so where does that start repeating? 7.142857 repeating gallons of milk. I hate milk. Milk was a bad choice. So last last week, one of those rare times that I saw you face to face and we weren't doing this. Absolutely. I don't I don't even know how often that would happen. We were eating Mexican food. Yes. That's wonderful. Mojitos. Mojitos. So we're both in the same place at the same time, but not where we live. We were on a little mini vacay. To see pentatonics, which I have this troubled relationship with pentatonics. You know, like when your friend goes through a breakup and you're like, it, it's hard for you too, I guess. Do you, do you, do you understand? Yes. Uh, I think, I, yeah, I've been through that. I, uh, I just kind of had to distance myself from pentatonics for a little while after, uh, my man Avi left. And it wasn't like a bad thing, right? I mean, it seemed like it was amicable. It wasn't like this weird thing that happened when he left the group, but I don't know. Like I was just I just wasn't as interested in what they were doing after that. But as soon as this concert was announced, I was like, I wanna I wanna go see it, right? Cause I, I think they were here in twenty fourteen, because they performed in Little Rock. I got it. I got tickets for Christmas 
pretty sure it was 2014. It might have been 2015, but I got the tickets in 2014. I don't remember. Um, I think it was 2014, though. They were in Little Rock at the Robinson back before they did all that renovation. And it was just awesome. Like, And they had been on a little bit of a break before they did our stop. And so they were just well-rested, and it was perfect. And... You know, it was a smaller, much smaller venue than where we saw them last week. Um, and sound was, it was just different. Um, but this was my first, you know, like coming back, trying to give them a chance again. Not that I was not giving them a chance before. I just, you know, I had to, had to separate myself a little bit. Uh, man, it was good. I, I, I don't know how you felt about the concert. There were some weird things going on with the sound at times. Like, and, and I don't know if you noticed a few of them were like really confused. <laughs> like something was not going right. I don't know if it was just in their ears or what, but it, it just seemed like Scott was never, it's like his levels were never where they needed to be is what it felt like to me. Um, unless he was like singing the lead and then you could kind of hear him better just because he was the lead and everybody else was a little quieter, but I don't know, man, it was, it was a little weird, but minor squabbles. It was, it was a great show and I finally get my introduction to Matt Salee, their new bass. And it's not like I wasn't giving him a chance before, but like seeing him live, he was amazing. Um, really just impressed me. It's not fair though. Let me just say that as, as a tenor, it's not fair that he can sing so low. I mean, like he's an awesome bass, right? But then out of nowhere, he saves it for the entire show. They don't even, he doesn't even pull out the big gun until like the next to last or, you know, second to last song. They sing Hallelujah and he sings one of the verses and does this just amazing little lick. And it was amazing. I'm like, dude, what? Why? That's not fair. <laughs> it's not fair. Right. You can't sing that low and also sing that high. It's just not right. It doesn't, doesn't seem possible. Yeah. Right? I was, I was slightly offended as a tenor, um, but I had to give him some props. And, you know, so I, I tweeted at him the next morning and he replied back and uh, that was, that, that just won me over even more. Like he didn't have to do that, but I was already back on the pentatonics train as, as hard as I could be. And then uh, he replied back and it made me feel like, all right, we're, we're all buds again. Have you been listening to much pentatonics since then i have a little bit yeah i made a playlist before on the way up there on the drive up i made a playlist that was basically their set list that's interesting so you mentioned this at, at dinner and, and rogers before the show and i don't think i got into this but i i tend towards if i'm gonna see a group in concert that i like i don't listen to them yeah beforehand yeah. because i want to i want it to be kind of fresh and I don't want to be comparing, you know, album versions to live versions. I just want to enjoy the live version. I think I would be that way if I was more, there were, there was new stuff that they were doing, which a lot of it, like half the the concert was new stuff, you know? And because I hadn't been following them as closely the last year and a half or however long it's been, um, I hadn't really heard much of their new stuff. So I kind of wanted to, to know. And the other part of it is they do a lot of covers, obviously, um, they, you know, they had that one album, I think it was like their third or fourth album that was all originals. But then since then they've gone back to doing covers and I don't follow new music that much. So 
I'm not even familiar with what they're covering for the most part. So there's this ad that's running on Hulu lately that plays the uh, Havana Havana uh, Havana song. And I'm like, oh, okay. That's what that sounds like. First of all, it's way better with Scott. Like a hundred times better with Scott singing it. Um, but yeah, no. So I, and we did the same thing with Shania Twain. We, we listened to a lot of Shania Twain before we went to that show. Cause Brittany wanted to, that was not a Levi ticket. That was a Brittany ticket. Um, but we had, we didn't know any of her new stuff. Like, you know, she had a whole new album that we hadn't listened to. So you kind of, I kind of wanted to at least be a little familiar going in, into it. I, I see the argument. It's yeah. a sensible argument. And one thing I noticed though, was that their last album that they released, I think like in April, um, it's, it's like pop classics or whatever, what, however, they, whatever they called it. I don't remember. But Bohemian Rhapsody is one of the covers they did. And that song just doesn't play very well to me on the album. Like, it's just kind of, I don't know. Like, it's just kind of a weird song to hear an acapella on a recorded studio version. But I had this feeling that it was going to be amazing live. And spoiler alert, it was. Um, you know, they, they closed the show with that. So I told Brittany after it was over, I was like, there are some songs that just play better live. Uh, and I think that's even truer for acapella music. And can I just say kids these days, I saw a lot of young kids there, which that's awesome, right? I'm happy for them, but I'm also a little jealous because like, what the heck, man, why didn't I have a pentatonics when I was in junior high and high school, like in my heaviest choir days, you know, my, my hardest choir times if i had had that man it would have been magical so i have it now and i'm thankful and i was telling Brittany, it's kind of weird because we watched them from the beginning i guess not technically the very beginning because you know three of them were a group before but we watched the sing-off when they were on it and like Mm -hmm. they were our favorite and we were voting for them um so it was like we kind of feel like we saw the the genesis of them and we've been following them ever since then until my little breakup. But um, it was weird because they're technically as a group older than my oldest child. And so I kind of feel like they're kind of like one of my babies or something, which that's weird. not weird at all. (laughs) No, not weird at all. Uh, But I'm so glad I went because I almost didn't get the tickets because, you know, I was being weird and like, eh, I've seen them before. I'm so glad I did, which brings up another little tangent. I wish I had, I saw the Eagles in 2008. Loved it. It was awesome. The Eagles are like, if I had to really sit down and think about it, they're probably my favorite band of all time. Um, I saw them in 2008. It was amazing. They came back. I want to say in like 2010, it was just like a couple years later, they came back to little rock again. And I was like, ah, it was kind of expensive, you know, which it was, it was totally, it was really expensive. I was like, yeah, we've seen them, you know, I don't really want to spend that much money again. And now Glenn Fry is dead. I can never see them again. So I'm a little now when I get that mindset of, ah, I've already seen this. Yeah. You know, I don't want to go again. I'm like, no, nah, I should probably do it. You know, cause you just never know. Like they might break up and it's not like acapella groups are the, the thing, you know, so I should cherish this group as long as, as long as they're uh, a popular thing, which it's just, it blows my mind that they're as popular as they are. 
like you know Levi in high school would have never imagined an acapella group would have this kind of success. What do you think of the show? I I thought it was really good. I I do think that there's some songs that play really well as acapella and some that I'm like that's a fine version of it, but the actual version of it is just a whole lot better. I just enjoyed it a lot more. I'm like the I'm the total opposite. There are so many songs they do that I didn't even know were covers. Because again, yeah, I'm not I mean, really there, following there's there a little bit of those. I I cover a lot. I mean, I don't purposefully know, but like through my parents and Yeah. Through my parents. Through my kids, what I meant to say. <laughs> Your parents are listening to pop music. My parents did go see Sia in Houston because my dad is a huge wow. Sia fan. And I heard she was great and I'm sure she was great. Um, did he did he wear the the wig? I don't think so. No. Okay. But um Speaking but, of wigs, Kirsten, what is going on? Side note. But uh so I, I hear a lot of and my wife is a big Pentatonics fan and of the recent stuff too. Um and she's a bigger pop music fan than than you or I. So I I hear a lot of it. My children enjoy it and mm-hmm. dance around and sing. And, um, but I, I thought I thought it was I thought it was really good. I enjoyed it. I don't think you loved it as much as I. Did. I did not love it as much as you did. But just like with <laughs> the absolutely last, true. Just like with the Last Jedi, I carried a lot of baggage in, into this <laughs> concert. We're gonna talk some Star Wars a little bit later, uh, but um, we're gonna have a Last Jedi podcast at some point. I actually have a date in mind for it. I think we should save it for December because there's not going to be a Star Wars movie this Christmas. True. Because they already jumped the gun with with Solo. So Mm -hmm. no Star Wars movie this Christmas, but don't worry. We will talk The Last Jedi because everybody loves that movie, right? Right. 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 Oh, man. Follow up. We talked a lot about the MacBook Pro woes and struggles uh, on our last episode. And turns out it kind well, I'm going to make a statement, Philip, and you tell me, you tell me if this is an accurate statement or an inaccurate statement. Binary. There's no, no gray. Turns out it wasn't really a hardware problem. It was a software problem that is that was leading eventually leading to this uh, throttling issue. Is that an accurate statement or somewhat of a cover up statement? That's a most mostly accurate statement. I, I think that the most egregious cases of throttling that were being seen uh, turned out to be uh, a part of the thermal management system being not quite right in software mm-hmm. um, one way or another. And now that they've released a, a software update that fixes that, then the thermal management system's in good order and you're not seeing that, you know, people who are testing it now are not seeing the same uh, level of, of throttling from that I9 2.9 gigahertz. The reason I say is it is it a fully accurate statement is just that, okay, that's fine. They got the bug fix in. It's It's performing much better. Um, you know, both, both sizes, both 
you know, config the different configurations both performing much better. But I mean, it's still like we talked about last week. It's still just a, such a small, thin laptop that you know eventually you're still going to run into some throttling of some degree just to keep it from completely melting itself. That's, I mean, you certainly can. Um, I, I think it, it's a it's a lot more reasonable now. I, I think there's still uh, a conversation and an argument to be made about the MacBook Pro Plus having or, the Pro MacBook Pro. Uh, but like having the Mac, the Mac Pro MacBook, yeah. Um, but I, I think it's just as, uh, just as unlikely. I feel like we happen. were pretty measured with our discussion last week. Like we didn't, you know, we didn't go crazy on Apple. I think we probably were a little more severe in our conversation immediately after we stopped recording than we were while we were recording. Um, but I just feel like this was one of those things where people, they just were piling on because it's Apple and like, there's so many predisposed frustrations with Apple, depending on, you know, what, what type of person you are or mindset you are. There, there's all these frustrations with, with Mac users anyway, just because they, you know, have, have pent up anger for so long at things not being updated, but now they finally with this MacBook Pro, they felt like they finally had a, you know, a more powerful machine or something that would be appealing to them after what this is our third year in this this generation. And so as I just feel like there was all this backlash that happened so quickly and then it turned out to just be a, a bug, you know, like it's not actually a hardware problem. And so everyone's kind of, you know, reeling it back a little bit this week. It's just been interesting to watch that, that conversation and that dialogue happening, you know, cause we, you know, we listen to a, a bunch of tech podcasts and they're all, uh, you know, th- that conversation is interesting to me because now these MacBooks they are, they look a lot more appealing now. <laughs> a week right. Later. right. Well, it, to me, I do think, I do think we went pretty hard on Apple. Um, and it was the reason that we eventually were talking about, a Mac Pro MacBook. Yeah. You know, something that's maybe thicker, able to handle all this horsepower. Well, I think um, when I say we were, I think we were harsher afterwards because we were like, how did they even let this happen? And then come to find out, I mean, it's still, it's kind of a weird thing, right? Like they still should have caught this, you would think, but maybe it's because it's such a specific use case. I don't know. Like I keep going back in my mind is like, well, should they really have caught this or... Is it is it understandable in some degree that they didn't catch this? I, I don't know. Like I don't really know where to fall on that. Well, it's certainly a, a different part of the process and a different part of the company that was being blamed. I mean, basically, basically, design was being blamed. When Johnny really, Ive, you it's the you monster build out rollout uh, pre retail, you know, part of the company, whatever whatever you may call that, that really uh, really messed up here and. To me, though, it's, it's it's a good sign. And the reason really why I think that the commentary and the backlash went so hard against Apple and, you know, it's crazy that these are throttling and is, is because I don't think people expected it to be fixed. Yeah. It's just that... It, it it was one of those things where it's like, well, this is just Apple being Apple, just designing things 
you know, to be thin, to be light, and then everything else just has to fit into the thin and lightness, even if it doesn't have enough battery because of that, or it doesn't have enough power because of that. It's like, well, it has to be this thin and light. Like that's what we're taking a, that's what they're taking a stand on where everybody was just kind of like, everybody feels thin and light is great, but at what cost? And I think that I, I really think that the batteries, I'm trying to, I'm trying to think what period this was. It seemed like there was, there was a time when time when there was a lot of discussion about the battery size in the iPhone and people feeling like they should just make the phones a little bit thicker Mm -hmm. to include some more battery so that it actually lasts all day. I want to say, I want to say it was iPhone six when we got the new bigger displays and yeah, there were new bigger batteries, but those displays were just hitting the batteries hard. Um, and, and, and the, and the CPUs, cause the way that they actually got to a better battery life by the seven, for instance, mm-hmm. which is the exact same packaging, let alone the eight exact same packaging as the six and the six S was that they made the CPU a whole lot more efficient. And so they didn't add, and they took the headphone jack away too. <laughs> so they get a, a little bit more space you're saying from the, from that old headphone jack. Right. Right. But, but, but really, I mean, what they mostly did was they didn't add battery. They didn't make it any thicker, but they did make the CPU more efficient. And so they made it last longer and more efficient by, I think what in the seven, they had like these cores are for high performance and these cores are for, you know, less stressful performance mm-hmm. needs. And we're only engaging, we're not engaging both of them. We're only going to engage the ones that we need based on whatever task is at hand. Yeah, it's a great design. I mean, they have, they have multiple cores for the seven, um, the A10, and also the, the A11 that's in Bionic. Bionic. <laughs> the A11 Bionic that is in the iPhone 8 and the iPhone 10 and the iPhone 8 Plus. Uh, it has, I can't remember how many cores of, of each type, but it has some cores that are are lesser uh, lesser clocked. And I mean, but if you're just like sending messages and browsing a website and just kind of low level, you know, stuff, um, then they just use those cores, which use less power, but use less battery. Mm-hmm. And then if you're playing a game or you're, you know, really taxing it in, in some way, then it uses the more high performance cores. And, and they're getting more of the battery. They're getting some benefit from the 10, just from the OLED. I mean, there's, there's gotta be some benefit there from a energy use standpoint, just from the screen, because you know, these pixels, if, if, if you got black on the screen, you're not engaging every single pixel like you would with an LCD. So there's a little bit of, of, of energy savings e- even there. That's been my favorite thing about the 10, honestly, is the battery life, the, the improvements um, you know, I was coming from a seven. So, I mean, I had had the, the seven for just a year and, and I was happy with the seven in terms of battery improvement, but man, I can go all day with the 10, even on, even on the beta, you know, I've been on the beta for several weeks now and I have noticed a difference in battery life. Like it, it is definitely getting lower by the end of the day, but I still don't ever have to worry about running out of out of battery by the end of the day. And poor Brittany, <laughs> she's just, she's just charging like every few hours. I, I mean, something is bad wrong there, but you know, we're just limping to September at this point. Yeah. Speaking of Apple product battery life, um, mm-hmm. I just thought you may, you may want to know that, uh, <laughs> to, mm. let, 
you know, left on Wednesday to go to the concert and came back on, on Thursday night. And before I left, considered taking my Apple Watch charger. But I was like, oh, but, you know, I'll still have battery when I get home. Yeah. So Yeah. That's great. I didn't, didn't great need to fellas. take the charger. I keep seeing all the all these cells on on series three, and I'm just like, don't. Of course, of course, don't do it, them. Levi. Don't, don't don't make a bad choice you know here. Ah, oh, man, I uh, I only travel with one. Well, I keep so Brittany and I both have an Apple Watch. I keep one charger in my bag at all times, and then we have one charger that's on our dresser at home. And so the way we do it is. I put my my watch on the charger at night, and then as soon as I wake up in the morning, I put hers on. And by the time she gets up and around, it's already fully charged. She's got the thirty eight, so it, you know it charges even more quickly. Um, and that works for us. And then when we go when we travel, like we did last week, I have it in my bag. I don't even have to. I don't even have to pack the other one. We do the same thing. Um, so, but it would be nice to have a, a watch that didn't have to be charged every night and poor Brittany with that 38 millimeter series zero it just it struggles uh, she'll take it off at you know like mid-afternoon I'm like why are you taking your watch off she's like it's dead it it, it you know mm. it just doesn't have that juice and again just like uh we're limping to September with her phone situation we're also <laughs> limping to September with the watch situation I don't think she cares about the watch near as much as I do though, which is fine. She'll, she'll still wear a new one. She won't care, but she'll still wear it before we jump into our movie pass, um, funeral discussion. <laughs> uh, I did, there was an interesting uh, article posted about anchor, which if you're not familiar with what, what anchor is, it's, it's kind of like, th- well, they aspire to be, from how I see it, they kind of aspire to be like the YouTube of podcasts, right? YouTube. I can't even imagine how, how many hours of videos they host every single day. I mean, it's, it's gotta be outrageous at this point. Um, and YouTube has become this primary platform and they're kind of like a monopoly at this point. I mean, you have other streaming host video hosting sites like Vimeo and, I'm sure there are others too that I'm just not familiar with, but they just don't have the user base that YouTube has. And so YouTube kind of, they, they can wield their power a little bit more just because they're kind of the only, the only game in town. Anchor similarly wants to, I think, adopt that model. Um, so they've, they came out, I, I first noticed them, I don't know, maybe like a year ago, maybe not even that long ago. I started hearing them advertising on different podcasts that we listen to. And, um, when we were trying to decide, you know, how are we going to host our podcast that, you know, it was just our little fun thing that we do. I think we were both pretty much in agreement that, you know, we didn't really want to pump any money into something where we weren't going to get any return on at least initially. So I happen to remember anchor, which by the way, that means that podcast advertising works. So congrats. So congrats to them. Um, I remembered about Anchor and I went and found it. It's free podcast hosting. And, you know, they the distribution, I think, is really where the strength is because they can distribute to so many different um, podcast feeds and all that. And it's just it's just simple. Like it takes all of that concern out of 
out of the user's hands. I'm sure other other hosting sites that you pay for are great at that too. But I, that's what I've been most impressed with is I'm the one that that handles that side of of our show. Um, but it's free, and you're kind of like, well, how is it free? Well, one of their co-founders came out this uh, this week and wrote an article on Medium, and was trying to say why you should never pay for podcast hosting. And just to be up, not that we have to be up front. It's not like we have advertisers or anything, but we use anchor, right? That's how we're distributing our podcast. Um, it's just been an interesting discussion kind of watching this unfold because naturally we listen to a lot of podcasts and they naturally have an opinion about, well, how is anchor working? Like, obviously they're not making money now, um, it seems pretty clear though that they're eventually going to start rolling out, um, you know, some some other services as part of their platform to help with advertising, and they're going to take a cut. So I mean, it kind of seems like well, they've said as much. Yeah, in this post, they're rolling out a uh, suite of rich monetization Sweet. features, unlike anything that has ever existed in podcasting. And they're going to take a cut, much like Apple with the App Store. And much like YouTube with, with their advertising uh, program as well. And it, it's just, I, I had a different perspective than a lot of the voices that I was hearing on this. Um, and I understand like the people that actually do make money podcasting, they have a different view on this. Like they want more control over their show and, and how it's, you know, how they're making money off of it. So totally get that. But for someone like us where we just needed a service to make it easy and we didn't want to have to pay any money for something that we're not really going to get money back on. Like, you know, we're just having fun to me, anchor. I think it's a great service, but I've got, you know, there's this flip side to this argument about, well, you don't, do you really want a YouTube of, of podcasting? Do you want to get locked in to a single platform and then kind of be stuck there and not have any other options? And, um, you know, cause you can't really leave YouTube. I mean, what's your other option if you wanted to leave YouTube? If you're someone that actually makes money off of YouTube, what are other option do you have currently? You kind of just stuck there. And well, that's the thing to me that makes anchor so much different than YouTube and always will is that the way you get podcasts in, inside of podcast players they can come, I mean, they can be hosted at all sorts of different spots. They can be served to you from all sorts of different hosts and you don't have to know that. Yeah, It's just in your podcast player. So it's it's almost as if, I mean, think about YouTube and how you use YouTube and how you can subscribe to channels and you can save things for later. I mean, think about if that was done, like it almost seems like Anchor is just maybe a really popular channel on YouTube, but that just means you could, you, I mean, that's one way you could get served videos, but you could get them hosted from all sorts of other places too. So I, I don't see it as a huge problem as well, because if someone is being hosted, if someone, if someone is hosting on Anchor and then Anchor's obviously looking to incorporate ads and, and add ads to, to the podcast that they're serving. And if if a podcast doesn't like that for whatever reason, and especially if they're if they're popular enough to not like that, you know, because they want to have their own ads or they don't want to have ads, then 
it seems to me like it's easy enough for them to go host themselves elsewhere. You know, it, it, it's 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 not as if Anchor is looking to do what like Stitcher, for instance, has done, which is really sketchy. Which is that it's you can like paywall only listen to certain podcasts within their app, and 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 you know some of them only with Stitcher Premium and, and these sort of things. So it it's not as if I mean because. I think, I mean, if that sort of thing happened, I don't know if we would host on Anchor. Like if you only could listen to it in an Anchor app, yeah, that that kind of breaks breaks things down. You know, we would have to definitely reevaluate at that point because that's a whole other discussion. But, um, but yeah, I mean, just just the fact that uh, I mean, basically, I mean, one of the one of the scare tactics that that a lot of folks that um, that do podcasting for a living. I mean, one of the things they're afraid that Anchor's looking to do, because it looks like they're looking to do it, is that they're going to incorporate ads and add ads basically within your podcast that you that you upload with Anchor. Mm-hmm. And I can see why they wouldn't want that. And they shouldn't want that because that's not their style. And I mean, if you're popular enough... And you, you have should, no control over what they even sound like. You or, should be controlling the ads and when, when they are. And, and so that's all well and good. But I mean, for us, like... I don't know if that would bother me. I mean, that's that's fine. How much money do you think we can make off a of anchor ad? Oh, at least like a, like a penny, uh, like total over the course of the whole podcast. <laughs> I mean, well, if it's anything like YouTube, that's probably going to be the case because famously YouTube pays fractions of of pennies for ads. But I think we can make seven dollars total over the course of our podcast of the entire run of, that's the, my, sh- of the show. That's my goal. Seven dollars. Right, seven dollars. We'll we'll keep you updated on that one as we go. <sighs> okay, I broke up with Movie Pass. I didn't even know that you were a Movie Pass user. How how long have you been a Movie Pass user? March seventeenth, because I looked at this earlier today. Uh, March seventeenth of I, this year. Of this year, yeah. Yes, okay. March seventeenth of this year, I became an annual movie pass subscriber oh so you're locked in then huh was it a gift no no you just, no, you just they, they went were, the cheaper route they were running a special that basically came out to like a little less than nine dollars a month yeah for the 12 months 105 dollars for the the 12 months i became a movie pass member uh it was my birthday gift so around december 7th ish of of last year mm-hmm. And I was pumped. It was like the best birthday gift I had ever received because I love movies. I love going to the movies. It's one of my favorite things to do. And having this service where I could go every day and see a movie, it was just this perfect gift from the movie gods descended down upon me. And I was just so excited and I started using it a lot. Like I would go Sunday nights if I didn't have anything pressing. Um, I would go to like the late show because like, you know, I'm not a, I'm not a monster. I put my kids to bed and then abandon them and go see a movie. Um, I have a wife, so it's okay. Uh, I was loving it, man. I couldn't have been more pleased with, with the service. And then the last couple months, like I hadn't had any problems with it either. Like every, you know, every once in a while I would see that there was an outage, um, but it was always on nights I wasn't going anyway. So, it, you know, if it wasn't hurting me, then I was, <laughs> I was okay with it. And for nine ninety five a month, you see one movie 
and it's already paid for itself. I mean, so if you see two movies in a month, then you're getting a deal off of it. And I understand that that's part of the problem <laughs> with, with MoviePass is that it's 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 priced way too low to to be a sustainable uh, business model. And that all kind of came to a head this this past week with, uh, well, a couple I guess a couple days ago they had what they were calling an outage or a technical issue was the term they were using and come to find out they had just run out of money. They couldn't, they couldn't pay for the tickets. That's a type of outage. I guess, I guess technically they couldn't pay for out of, out of money. Yeah. Pay for the tickets. And, um, that day that I was, that it was, they were having issues or it was, that was the night before. So the next day I was planning on going to the movies. I was going to go, it's our anniversary. We're going to go see mission impossible. And the next day when it was time for us to go, I, I pull up my movie pass just to see we were going to go to a different theater than we normally do. So I didn't even know if it was part of, you know, if they had a partnership with movie pass or whatever. I don't, I don't even know how all that works, but um, I did see that it was available, but mission impossible. No, they weren't even, they were just grayed out, you know, like you couldn't even interact with them at all. And it was like that for every showing. And so I switched to a different theater. Same, same thing. Like, even if I had wanted to use my movie pass that day, it was not going to happen. Like they had just completely killed it. Not, and, not, not for mission impossible fallout. Yeah. For any, for any other movie. Oh, we have, well, yeah. Every other movie was available. It, was, it wasn't having an outage at this point. They had, they had yeah. borrowed money. Outage was fixed. Back in business. But they were not allowing folks to see Mission Impossible. <clears throat> and I got on Twitter. I was looking this up. It was happening to a lot of different people. Some people, they were able to do it, but they had the peak pricing. So I don't know if it was like these theaters didn't have a, a certain partnership with MoviePass, so they were just completely out. I don't know what the situation was. But it was just very frustrating. and. It had become even more frustrating because they had added this peak pricing thing, which I get it. Like they have to figure out ways to make money. I understand that. Um, but that's just not the way to do it to me. Like to me, they should, well, they never should have gone down to $10 a month. Like that's just insane. Like it's not sustainable. Um, the peak pricing thing hadn't bothered me because for one, it hadn't affected me yet. But it was starting to affect me in a way because the last few weeks there have been movies I've wanted to go to and I was I was like, well, I guess I'll just wait until they're not hitting this peak pricing. I was just assuming maybe like the first week they're out, it's peak pricing. But the last few days it's been every single movie, basically. There's been a few that haven't had peak pricing, but every single movie, no matter what time it was, it was peak pricing. And this is for me, it was like 340 or 380 an additional charge. And in some places it's as high as six dollars. And you know, depending on what market you're in. And so I just sat down Friday and I had a really long look at really the only other competing service that would work for us is Cinemark's movie club. Now AMC has this A list movies or something, I don't know. That actually looks like a better service to me than Cinemark's thing, but we don't have an AMC theater in, you know, in our town. So that's, it's just not really an option for me. Um, <clears throat> so I sat down and I wrote out, 
I didn't quite get into a spreadsheet, but I, I got in my notes app and I broke it down. And I basically said, okay, if, if, if Brittany and I attend two movies in a month, Brittany doesn't have a movie pass, but I do. But typically when, when I use my movie pass, I'm also seeing a movie with my wife. So I just broke down the charges. Like if, if I go see a movie um, and then I'm also having to add on the peak pricing because basically every movie has peak pricing now, unless I'm going to wait three weeks to see something. Um, and then my wife is going to get a ticket. So that's other, another cost that I'm having to, to incur. And I just compared it down to, to how Cinemark's movie club works, where you get one free ticket a month. Um, the service itself is $8.99, but you get one free ticket a month, but every additional ticket after that is $8.99. Um, and you can also use that same price for a guest. And so I broke it all out. If we saw two movies in a month, movie pass, and I, and I even did it with without Brittany. So if I just go by myself to two movies in a month, what does that look like on each service? It's basically a difference of $2. So movie pass is still cheaper, but it's not that much cheaper. And so I'm like, is it worth all of this nonsense is it worth me not being able to go to a movie until three or four weeks when it's not hitting peak pricing? Um, is it worth all these mysterious outages that keep happening? And I just, I just had a real heart to heart with myself and, and my, myself from December uh, when I first got my movie pass, I had to have a, a hard conversation with that, with that Levi who loved the service so much. It's like, this thing's just not, it's not going to make it. And they've done things now that are starting to frustrate me who is, you know, I could work around some of these things, but I just had to, I just had to sit it down and say, we're done. So I canceled it. I still have until like, I don't know, like August 14th or something. So I can still use it until my, my month is over. But honestly, at this point, it's pretty much unusable unless I, want to pay additional fees and that's just not what the service is to me. That's not how they build it. They should have built it as a 20 or $30. And I think at one point it was. So that's, that's an interesting part about it. So I was just looking at this cause I'd heard about this, but I didn't look into it very much. So it was, so it used to be 25. So this is from July, 2016. And so this is two years ago and they, for one thing, they had what, what I think they've got to have, if this is ever going to work. I've been telling my dad this for a while now. My dad got into movie pass really early, probably back in December or so when, when you did. My dad is retired. He loves movies. When he got his movie pass, like he would just go see every single yes. movie just about. Do it. That came out because he's just got time and, and. It's, it's free. Like he's, I mean, this is back when you could like repeat movies too. Oh yeah. Well that, that, that was the, that was the first annoyance. Right. And they did that before Avengers came out because obviously they were going to get taken to the woodshed by Avengers. Right. So, so the one thing I keep telling my dad is that it makes no sense to have the same price for everyone in the country because a, t- a, a ticket, ticket price in New York, in Los Angeles in a big city is way more than a ticket price in a smaller region. So they actually used to do this. I didn't know this until I just looked it up as, as, as you were um, giving your preamble. Um, 
And so tier one markets, it was $15 for two movies, $22 for three movies, $40 for unlimited. So, I mean, what they offered, you know, in December, which was $10 for unlimited, used to be $40 for unlimited in a tier one market. In tier two markets, it was $45 for unlimited. In tier three markets, $50 for unlimited. And I mean that that makes a lot of that makes a lot of sense. Yeah. Um and and could still be could still be a good deal if you're seeing enough yeah. movies. I um, mean if it was $30 it would still be a good deal to me. The way I was using it. If it was $30 right. a month. But why why wouldn't you why wouldn't you keep it? Because if if you used it to make it worth enough to pay $30 for then yeah, you're going to you may have to pay these peak pricing fees, but it's, you're still going to come out way ahead. It's just, it's like a principal thing. <laughs> they just need to make that the, the price instead of nickeling and diming me for everything that, that I'm doing. The, the last straw for me was that I couldn't see mission impossible. Like I just couldn't see it at all. Right. Like I couldn't use it. I couldn't use this service at all to see, this movie that I wanted to go see with my bride on our anniversary. All right. Really, if I'm being honest, that was, that was the last straw for me. But in terms of, you know, why, like, like what you're saying, logically, why, why now? I mean, just, just make it what it needs to be for it to be a sustainable business, but they just, they just won't do that. I I don't know. I mean, I guess they did initially, and they just couldn't get enough people to sign up. I just don't know what their plan was. Like, did they think that they would get enough volume like Netflix to make it sustainable? I mean, what? it's a totally different model because Netflix, their costs can't be, I don't know. It's just, it's, it's apples and oranges because they're, they're, they're eating it on every single ticket that they sell basically, unless it's like a matinee. I mean, right. You know, if you went to a matinee, <coughs> Here where we live, it's like five, what, five seventy-five for a ticket. So you, you know, if 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 the person that had it only went and saw one movie a month and it was a matinee, then you're making a little bit off of them, but it can't yeah, be that much. I don't understand the business model. I mean, it's never made sense. Well, and, and obviously it doesn't make sense. <laughs> because you know, they are, right. They are tanking. Ultimately hard. it does not. Um, so so my experience with movie pass, being an annual member, um, I've I don't have, I'm like, I'm not faced with the surge pricing. Yeah. Um, I mean, I'm in it until next March, you know, Oh, if, so if it even, so if you're an, if you're an annual member, you don't get that, that peak pricing. Right. So all. annual members don't get hit with peak pricing mm. at all. Um, which is kind of interesting. I mean, I, I was kind of surprised that but they, you were an annual member before the peak pricing even happened. Yes. Yeah. So you just kind of got grandfathered. And at the same time, it's like, you guys are so. You guys are still out on a limb. I'm surprised that they that they did that for annual yeah. members. Because I just assume, I mean, yeah, that's shady. But at the same time, I'm sure the terms and conditions would allow them to do that. I'm sure they're written in such a way they can just do whatever they got to do. Yeah. I, I don't doubt that sort of thing at this point. But um, it's interesting. I, I didn't realize that until today. Um, today they had another outage. And Blair and I actually... In quotes. <laughs> Blair and I actually went to, uh, we were going to go see Three Identical Strangers at the rave. And we showed up to see Three Identical Strangers at the rave. And I pulled up Movie Pass. And every single theater, including the rave, just said, there are no showings. 
Um, what, was, what did it say? No more screenings at this theater. Just for every theater you pulled up, no more screenings at this theater. And how did you feel, Philip, in that moment? I felt really sort of frustrated, <laughs> but at the same time, just like a little unsurprised. Like, it is what it, it is. It is what it is. Yeah. But I, what I actually immediately did was I went to Twitter. I searched for movie pass. I looked at latest tweets and I was like, is this happening to other people? I was like, it's happening to everybody yeah. just across the country. Um, Technical only outage. E, only e-ticketing theaters have had, were offering tickets. And that was happening the first few outages too. I don't, I don't right. really know why they were still working, but I don't know. I guess because of the credit card, maybe because you're using the the credit card instead of the maybe phone. so. I mean, you have you have to when you e-ticket. Well, maybe I think with the e-ticket, like you can use it on your phone. Eh, maybe so. Okay. So you just like go up, okay. like you could with the Cinemark app. That makes sense. That makes sense. So maybe that's where they're they're like, oh, we're not having to yeah. pay for this ticket uh, up front. We're just gonna eat that cost later. Right. So. Okay, yeah, that makes sense. Why e-ticketing may still work. So, um, at the same time. What really occurred to me was that this other movie, Leave No Trace, was playing at the Riverdale, and the Riverdale is not a movie pass theater. The Riverdale gets all the good movies though, because it gets all of the like limited release movies. Mm. Whereas like the Rave gets some of those, but not all of them. Leave No Trace never came to the Rave, but Blair, Blair told me she wanted to see it. I really didn't know anything about it, but I really enjoy seeing movies that are just supposed to be good. It has like a hundred percent on Rotten Tomatoes. I knew that much. But I didn't know anything else about the movie. And I've enjoyed seeing more movies. We'll probably get into this later that I just don't know much of anything about. And I just watch the movie and see what happens. So that being said, I thought, well, if we're going to have to pay for a movie anyways right now, why don't, we, why don't we just go over to the Riverdale and pay for that movie? Because we would have to pay for that movie if we want to see yeah. it. Because it's only playing at the non-movie pass theater. And uh, my kids are out of town right now. So we've got other opportunities to see movies in the coming days um we're really on a movie spree because the kids are out of town bonnie and clyde so movies so i thought well i'm just gonna i'll give them some time to sort it out and then we'll come back when hopefully we can use the movie pass to, to see it. <laughs> if they ever sort it out except for mission impossible because what i oh. come to find out is today in the an all hands meeting at movie pass the ceo of movie pass uh announced uh, that MoviePass will not be uh, supporting major releases. Now, I assume this means like major releases on their first or second week. I don't, I don't know. There wasn't really a lot of uh, a lot of. I'm out. Specific and I was already out. Reporting. I'm even no. more out now. So this uh, basically, it seems like he told everybody this today, but they had already kind of rolled out the policy with Mission Impossible. So that I mean, you you weren't weren't gonna you weren't be able to use mission uh, you weren't able to use Movie Pass to see Mission Impossible, and you still aren't right now. I I don't really understand. Is this like a first week thing, a second week thing? Because to me, it can't just be like a major releases period the whole time they're in theaters because yeah. that doesn't make any sense. Um, but he, I mean, some some of them that were pointed out in the, uh, I I guess I mean they're in quotation marks because so I was thinking he said them, but I guess really that's just how you. Um, it's like APA citing of a, of a title of a movie actually. Um, so maybe he didn't actually say these, but like Christopher Robin and the Meg, like you won't be able to use them for those. Um, well, you know, to be fair, if you're going to see the Meg, 
then you deserve to pay for that movie. <laughs> well, no, no, no. No one deserves to pay for the Meg. The Meg should not cost you no. anything. Movie pass or not. If you're going to see it, you absolutely deserve to pay for it. You should pay triple True. for it. All that to be said. So now, now we're in, I mean, this is, this is a, I mean, this is true for me. Like annual subscriber can't use it for mission impossible. I can verify that. Um, so we'll probably go see that on five twenty five day tomorrow at Cinemark. To do Good the choice. Be, do the best we can. But I, you know, I mean, I hope they go at least until March. So you get your years, years I'm in worth it so out much. Of it. I will say though, so I've seen 13 movies since March with movie pass. So that's like, I mean, you take 105 that I paid for the annual subscription divide by 13. Oh, you totally got your money out of it. I've, I've for gotten sure. my money out of it, you know, and it is, it is, and I've, even if I wouldn't have seen all those movies, which they've all been good actually, and probably would have seen them, but I wouldn't have felt the great thing about movie pass. The great thing has been, that I just feel free to see movies. And I don't worry about that I'm spending money because I've already spent the money. It's just already done. Yeah. So, um, you know, I, mean, I have I hope, seen. I hope they keep going on just in some capacity at least. I have seen 14 movies. There you go. But I probably only saw nine of them because I just let my wife use it. Okay. When if I'm not going. Because, for instance, The Greatest Showman was seen three times before they back in the day yeah, before they cut a cut yeah. that out. Uh, for uh, the Last Jedi, I almost said The Force Awakens. The Last Jedi on here twice. Black Panther, Ready Player One, Quiet Place, uh, Infinity War, Solo, Ocean's Eight. That was my wife. Jurassic World, Incredibles Two, and Man of the Wasp. I mean, this was a good uh, this was a good run for me. Um, and I'm I'm trying to decide if. <laughs> I, hopefully I can go use it again, you know, before, before my, uh, my month is, is over. If they, you know, keep having technical issues, we'll see if I can, yeah. if I can use it a few more times, maybe I can get to like 17 before, before it runs dry, but it just hurt me because just like I talked about with pentatonics, like if, if high school Levi would have had pentatonics, I don't even know what would have happened to my life. You know, oh, can you imagine being it, a high schooler? With a movie pass? Are you kidding me? Right? That's what I'm saying. Like, if I had had this service when I was younger, before I had kids even. Right. Not even, I don't even have to go all the way back to high school. If I just had it before. Absolutely. I had kids. I would have, I would have basically been paying like a dollar per movie. Which is all the more reason why this is just a crazy business model. I mean, it seems to me that what they were aiming for was that they get a whole bunch of people in on this $10 subscription that only see... Yeah, one one a month, maybe. At, at most, yeah. right? Um, and I, my, my dad was telling me that the CEO... Your which, dad was murdering them. <laughs> yes. Oh, absolutely. I mean, you get a retired guy that loves movies. I mean, that's not the only one of them out there. Yeah. I mean, basically, the, the, ends, I mean, the ends of the spectrum, your retired guys... Uh, and women too, if they love movies and like your high schoolers and college students, I just can't imagine how much they were getting hammered, man. But it's interesting because the CEO of movie pass, you would think was just like off his rocker is just like taking a flyer. This is like his first thing he's ever tried and is just totally screwing up. 
But actually, CEO of MoviePass was a founder of Netflix. Oh, wow. And he was president of Redbox at one point. So he's like totally experienced in this space. I, I love Redbox. I, I think Redbox is just a great service. I, they haven't had the greatest earnings all the time. But to me, I probably haven't used Redbox in five or six years. Really? Yeah. Do you, I mean, do you ever watch new releases at home? Not really. No, that's one way to do it. <laughs> <laughs> but especially before, before movie pass, like there'd be all sorts of stuff that was in theaters that I was like, well, that's not worth yeah. eight, nine bucks to see, but I'd it's worth a dollar. That, right. Yeah. It's, it's worth, you know, a dollar 75 or $2 for the Blu-ray from Redbox, And then Redbox is a, I don't understand how Redbox isn't making tons of money because like back in high school, um, and in college, I had just friend after friend who had a red box for just day oh, after yeah. day. Forget. And I wonder what's the max charge you can rack up on that. I wonder when it just becomes yours. Because I mean, the same thing with like old school, you know, movie rental places that you go to. Right. You know, eventually they would just, they, they made their money back and they would just, it was just yours. Mm-hmm. You know, like they weren't going to, they weren't going to keep charging you forever. Uh, that just doesn't make any sense. But. Right. And movies were so much more expensive. Oh like, man, back in in those days. It's interesting though because games were a lot less expensive because games from Redbox are two dollars a day. And I remember I used to go to Hastings. This is going back to our inflation piece. This is what this is going back to. <laughs> I used to go to Hastings and pay five dollars to get a game for five days. And that was always a heartbreaker because I can only play games, video games on the weekends. Mm. And so, so you were just getting two days. I, I was just getting three. So the, well, Friday, Friday after, after school, it was Friday afternoon was when the weekend started. Um, so you just started playing video games. You just didn't stop till, yeah. till Sunday at midnight. Um, but I, so, I mean, especially if I was having somebody sleep over, like we would go get a game Friday night, we would just play and play and play. And then Saturday we'd play and play and play. Sunday I would keep playing, but I couldn't use those last two days because Monday and Tuesday came and it's not the weekend. That's a sad story, you're right. But I mean it's interesting to me that movies I seem to remember it started Redbox, I wanna say in like oh nine. Um I don't remember exactly, but when it started, then movies were a dollar. Dollar a night. Period. And then, and then they rolled out Blu-rays that started at, I think they started at $1.50, um, maybe. But anyways, they raised their prices kind of regularly. They raised them to $1.20, $1.40, $1.50, $1.75 at this point. So a regular DVD is $1.75 per night, and a Blu-ray is, is $2 a night. They do do a, an interesting thing, which is that when you uh, rent the DVD, at that moment, they'll offer you two nights like a Blu-ray, which two nights would usually be $2 a piece to make it $4. If you just want to like at the very beginning say, I'm going to have this for two nights, they'll give it to you for three fifty for two nights. Mm. And the same thing with hedging your bets a little bit. Right. I mean, if you know that you're not <laughs> going to get it back, then, uh, you know, they'll, they'll charge you more than the one night, but they're not going to charge you less than the two nights. You don't give you that middle, middle bit of pricing. Um, and they do something similar for regular DVDs. I think they're like, wonder what the $3. conversion rates are like on that. I wonder. Yeah, like how 
how many people go for yeah like what their what their gamble is here the two nights there <laughs> i don't know but um i mean to me it's just it's a, it's a great way to get uh a new release and it just makes a lot of sense to just put it in the machine and serve them from there philip did i ever tell you that i used to work at a at a movie rental I, store i never never knew this but would it weird you out if I told you that I was like conservatively 10 years old? I, I'm even more intrigued and confused now. So I grew up in a small town, right? It's much smaller than, than Conway. Um, I think when I was growing up, we had like around 5,000 people. I think now they're closer to 10,000. So they've grown some, um, but we had what, what town is this? Clarksville. Is Clarksville really that small? I think so. I don't think so. I mean, they might be over 10,000 uh, now. No, I stand corrected. Really? Yeah, it's not a big place. I guess. So the thing about it, it's Clarksville, 2010 census was 9,178. I would say they're over 10,000 now. So I, I'm sure they're over 10,000 now. Estimated 2016 is 9524. Maybe not. Um, so I always. Why does this surprise you, Philip? Well,. In large part because I always equated a little bit in my mind Russellville and Clarksville because they're just both these towns that I just go through on I-40 and I don't really know much about them other than you can stop and get gas. Well, you pass Lamar and and Knoxville in between as well. But I understood that those were smaller, right? (laughs) These were the two villes. I mean, Russellville is only 20, uh, almost almost 30,000. Um, which I thought, I thought it was a little bit closer to the Conway, but it makes sense that it's not. Um, but I, I thought Clarksville was closer to Russellville, closer to that 30,000 mark. But anyways, sorry. They're a 5A Before. school and, and Russellville is a 6A school. True. But there's a lot of weird things with classifications and Russellville is not 7A? Nope. Okay. They haven't been 7A See, th- for as long as I've been doing football games. So, so that... That also, but there's a very small line, right? Right. Seven A is the top. And it used to be that it was just five A. Like when I was in high school, we yeah. were in high school. Yeah, five A was tops. Right. Clark, Clarksville at that time was always three A, and then occasionally they would tip right into four A, like just right at that right. line. But I want to say Russellville was five A and Conway was five A because yeah. Russellville was our they main were. rival, and then that all broke down when they expanded the the A's yeah. because then we weren't in the same. Is that division? Yeah, they weren't in the same classification. Classification, yeah. thank you. I know, but my, I know my stuff when it comes. Small to town, me. smaller than I realized, and only back then. Uh, let me let me go back to my even uh, smaller statistics. back in the the nineties. It's nineteen ninety fifty eight hundred thirty three people. Yeah, it was. Uh, I remember that. I remember that number on the sign back when I was growing up. Yeah, uh, but we had one. I mean, we probably had more than one movie rental store, but I just remember the one until you until we got things like. What was that one uh, brand that was really popular in Arkansas? It was like M- Movie Gallery. Yeah. Did you guys have Movie Galleries yep. here in Conway? We eventually got a Movie Gallery and it killed this poor little mom and pop that I worked at. But I, I use the term worked very lightly. Um, we, again, I loved movies. So we were always renting movies when I was young. My mom loved movies too. And so we just became friendly with the owner of this place. And I don't know, like, as I think about it now, I'm like, I would never take any of my children to 
you know, some random friends and just leave them all day. But, um, I it kind of became like a babysitter slash, but I was actually working. Like, did you get paid? I got paid in movies. All right. So I would, I would work pretty much every day and I knew how to work the computer system. So I knew how to check in and check out this during the summer. Yeah. During the summer. Okay. Yeah. So I could check in, check out. Um, I would, you know, rewind the movies cause you had to rewind movies back right. then. Cause people and weren't I, kind. And I would stock them back on the shelves, uh, except for the, the area in the back that was, I was not allowed to go into to that. Right. Area. Um, but yeah. And there were even times Philip, when this person would leave me there by myself <laughs> and we'd go somewhere and do, I don't even know what she was doing. Maybe she was taking a deposit to the bank. Maybe she was robbing the bank. I don't know. Wow. I wasn't with her. I was in the store by myself and so people man- would come managing- in. I was assistant to the manager right. uh, at this, at this movie rental. It was called, uh, I, I don't even remember. I think it was called, Man, I don't even remember what it was called. It was hmm. Main something, Main Video. That's what it was, because it was on Main Street, and this tiny little building, and I loved it. Man, it was great because I love movies, and I mean, she would let me take, you know, like five or I mean, as many as I wanted. She wouldn't let me take new releases, like my mom would have to pay for those. But any of the movies that weren't on the new release rack, fair game. So I would take, I mean, this is where I like learned about Die Hard and Halloween and all these movies that I should not have been watching <laughs> at this age. I mean, in retrospect, like I would never, ever let my children watch these movies. I don't even know when I would let them watch them. You know, I don't even know what the age would be that I would let someone watch, like let Kanan watch Halloween. Cause I yeah. know that that would mess up his mind cause he's, <laughs> He just couldn't handle it. Uh, but me, I just, I had free reign, man. And I took advantage of it. And yeah. So I worked at this, uh, this, this movie rental place and it eventually closed down, which was sad. And then we just started using movie gallery because it was so much cheaper. Um, so I obviously didn't care too much because I just, you know, went to the next place, but yeah. And, oh, I would also get, she would, you know, they would get these posters in, right, for all these new movies, and I she would just give them to me. I had so many posters. And our house at the time, we had this huge basement. I mean, it was basically this, the same size as our house, um, just, you know, complete basement. And uh, we had a big pool room and all this stuff, and I just movie posters everywhere. I just had, put them up all over the place. And, uh, yeah, I mean, I'm who knows how many times I watched – Mission Impossible or, you know, speaking of Mission Impossible, because I mean, what, the first one came out in like 96, I think. Sounds right. And uh, and then I think the second one came out in like 99 or 2000, somewhere in that range. Um, side, side note, I love the Mission Impossible movies. I love them so much. And they're all so different. Well, really like four and five and even six are kind of in the same vein. Like once they came back and like really started this second round, they've all kind of been the same movie at this point. And even like, I know you haven't seen six yet, but it is directly related to five. I mean, like it's, it's tied to it so closely, which really surprised me because I, I didn't really know much about it going into it. Um, but man, 
what a series that they can just do whatever they want and like people love it. I mean, is there a bad Mission Impossible movie? Maybe Mission Impossible 2. But it's so good bad. Like, is there a better bad movie than Mission Impossible 2? I mean, they just let John Woo go off the the rail with with that movie. If you haven't seen it, Philip, you have to see it. I don't think I've seen it. Have you seen the first one? I don't think I've seen like, the first one. When did you one. jump on? Did you jump on when J.J. Abrams came around? Is that are you a Mission Impossible 3 guy? Probably. Uh, did I see Mission Impossible Are you Impossible a Ghost 3? Protocol dude when they, when they came back? Uh, Mission Impossible 3, 2006. It's when J.J. Abrams came in and kind of revitalized it a little bit. I feel like I would have seen this one. Carrie uh, Russell's Philip in it. Seymour Hoffman. Yeah, yeah, he's the bad. He's the baddie. Uh, uh, I think I saw this one. I want to say so. It's hard to say because they're all basically the same movie. You know, I mean, right. without being bad, it is. I saw Ghost Protocol. The Mission Impossible series. I saw. I think I saw Rogue Nation. The Mission Impossible series is what. Fast and Furious strives to be, but never can be. And I say that as someone who has never seen a single Fast and Furious movie. So, you know what? Don't at me about that. I love Mission Impossible, but it's become this thing that I've loved from the beginning. And then when Brittany and I got married, I got her hooked into them. And then since four or five and now six, it's like, as soon as they come out, we go see them because we just love, like, we just love them. And they're ridiculous, but they're so much fun. Like, it's just a fun movie experience like they're fun movies especially to see in theater just you know on just the 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 insane nature of the movies just seeing them on a big screen is the perfect way to see them so i'm excited that you're gonna go see mission impossible 6 i'm sorry that you're not gonna be able to use your movie pass uh to go see it but i will not now though to update is it working again? on the movie pass it's working it, it, it started working earlier tonight for non-Mission Impossible movies. So we will we will see if it works for us on Wednesday to try again to go see Three Identical Strangers at the Rave. I was even getting down to the point where I was starting to scheme this stuff in my head of like, okay, I can't go see... I can't go see Avengers again, but I could go see, in quotation marks, I could go see any movie there and then just walk to Avengers. So this is absolutely I mean, what's true. What's going to stop me from this doing what that? somebody else mentioned on Twitter... Um, when people are belly aching about MoviePass not letting you buy a ticket for Mission Impossible, just say, yeah. buy a ticket for anything else, then just go and then go in the Mission Impossible theater, oldest trick in the book, which is... You worked at a movie theater. Would you, I did. Would you rat this out? I did work at a movie theater. This is very true. Uh so it, it would, it depends on how full it was. Yeah. I mean, if it wasn't full. Well, I mean, when I it's, go, it's And it's not rated full. R, so you don't, you don't have to worry about that sort of stuff. Because, yeah. I mean, that, that was that was our main thing about actually making sure you went to the theater that you were supposed to go to is, is to keep kids away from the rated R movies. Because yeah. they, hey, would, you they would try that. 10-year-olds probably shouldn't my, be seeing rated R movies? Is that what you're probably saying? Probably my though? second, yeah. Probably my second or third week on, on my first movie theater job. Um... There was there were some kids that snuck into some R-rated horror flick, and uh, and one of the guys that I worked with was like, "Hey, here's your flashlight. Go, go let them know that uh, it's not happening." It's like, "All right." 
And I did. I just went and I said, hey, you guys are in the wrong movie. You should need to come out. And they were all just like, oh, man. They were a bunch of Busted. stupid kids, weren't they? Busted. Did they give you any lip? I don't. I don't remember. Were I mean, they like? Were they, they like? Walked out. Were they like Emma from uh, this Sharp Object show? She freaks me out, man. She scares me. Teenagers I, scare me today. I'm terrified of this. I mean, she's as uh, two faced as they come. That's for sure. I'm really. I realize that I'm a really trusting person. Just the more that I live, I'm just like, because I'm just not like I just don't. I was never a big liar. Like I was never a big like keeper of secrets. Mm. I really didn't do a lot of stuff that I needed to keep secret. So, I mean, that was kind of, you know, that's kind of an easy way to do it. But um, (laughs) I just, it doesn't make any sense to me when people just like flat out lie and just look like they're just talking to you. Like, oh, I just, I have the hardest time knowing when people are lying. Um, But yeah, so I worked in the movie theater and I I mean, I wouldn't have a problem with it unless it's full, but all this to be said though, that only applies to your old, old school style CD seating theaters, because now with your reserved seating recliners mm-hmm. that are all over Little Rock and that are great theaters to go to, so cozy, um, that really breaks down because everybody's got reserved seats. Right. So you can't just yeah, you can't just randomly you go can't in. Just buy buy a ticket to one theater, walk into another theater, and just sit down in a seat and be totally fine. I but mean, these random small two D theaters, you can you can still make that work. Absolutely, yeah. absolutely. We did go to Movie Tavern to see Mission Impossible, which I never never been. So this is like a you know the dine in experience, yeah. right? Where you can order and and uh, it was fun, although. I told Brittany afterwards, I was like, as much fun as we had, it's, it was kind of weird though. Like it was distracting to me because I just want to watch the movie. And like, first of all, it's still dark. <laughs> like there's no lighting. So I couldn't even see my food. And it was, that was just distracting me. Like trying to eat my food and watch the movie. It was fun. I enjoyed it, but it's just really not how I would prefer to see a movie. Interesting. I'm a fuddy-duddy. Their recliners are so comfortable. It's nice, though. yeah. It was. They are super comfortable. It was definitely nice. Speaking of movies, some big movie news came out this week. And before we actually dive into what it is, I mean, I'll give you the headline. Star Wars Episode Nine cast revealed. But let's stop right there, Philip, because the first thing I have to know is where do you stand on Star Wars Episode Nine? news, rumors, spoilers, if you will? I mean, a cast announcement is kind of, in a way, it could be spoilerish. So I don't want to, like, ruin anything for you before we talk about it. So what's your stance on Episode Nine? Are you, are you trying to go in blind? So I want to go in as blind as possible without being extreme like i still want to navigate the internet and i still want to read twitter i mean i don't want to just i don't want to just like stop you know remove myself stop living from the web just so you know until episode nine comes out um so i mean the stuff that more popularly comes out like i won't watch any i don't think i'll watch any of the trailers i doubt i will i want to try it I really do. 
But I said this with The Last Jedi too, and really? I didn't last. I didn't last 30 seconds because I had a I had YouTube set up to alert me, which that was my first mistake, obviously. <laughs> but I mean, as soon as it came, I was like, no, I'm, I'm watching this. And, but I, I want to. I want to try and avoid that because, well, for one, I mean, I have no idea where episode nine is going after The Last Jedi, the way it ends. I mean, who knows? Like, there's... It, just the way that movie twisted and turned it who knows what's going on in episode nine um so i would love to do that but you're gonna have to keep me honest man i have to have some accountability with this because also with episode eight there was just this this fun factor that i got to experience with kanan where it was like we got to watch the trailers together you know like it was this whole experience for him too so i'm kind of like well i don't want to like take that away from because it's something he would get excited about but yeah i really want to try not to see any trailer going into it i mean you're gonna see stuff online like you're just you're gonna see headlines like things like that they're they're gonna pop up like this like these like this casting like i i saw it i you know i was i I didn't hate to have seen it you haven't answered the question though can we even talk about this we we can Absolutely. Is it okay? That's okay. Because there are kind of some spoilerish things in this in this announcement. So, uh, number one, uh, Leia will be a part of the movie. But they're going to use previously unreleased footage from The Force Awakens. So that's that's an interesting note there because obviously <laughs> Carrie Fisher is dead. Um, so they're not going to be able to shoot anything new, and they didn't. I mean, they were. They flat out said they didn't want to digitally recreate her. Um, they they came out very soon after her death and said they didn't want to do that. Um, this was before The Last Jedi even came out. But what's interesting about all that is they totally had an out in The Last Jedi. Like, it would have been easy even to rewrite, you know, even after they had shot it. Like, they could have easily written her out of that movie and they still chose to keep it the way it was originally written. All that aside, um, I just assumed this was going to be like in the pre-roll, you know, like you're going to find out that she died because what else were they going to do if they weren't going to digitally recreate her, but they have a little little uh, card up their sleeve and they, they say they have enough footage, you know, unreleased footage from The Force Awakens to somehow <laughs> create some story, some end for her, in episode nine. So, I mean, you take it that she is going to continue to be the character she's been in the way that she's been that character, just as a normal human person being. I think what they're going to do is, is they're going to somehow pull, you know, her out of footage that they already shot and digitally insert that into Hmm. some new scene is, is how I would, Hmm. would be my guess with it. Or maybe they had some scenes that, that they could somehow use as a fitting goodbye. I mean, I, I don't, I don't know. Wonder. I just wonder. The weird thing about all of that, and I said it a few minutes ago, is that they could have they could have fixed this in episode eight. Yeah. And they didn't. I mean, they they purposefully chose not to. And that, you know, whatever you think about episode eight, it's interesting that that was a choice they made when they clearly had a way 
to make it happen. And it would have been understandable, right? Like it would have, people would have been like, okay, like that's what happened, you know? Well, I mean, reasonable people, but. Well, so even more so though, they, they did in the story have somebody die. True. And yet we hear that he's going to be. But that's totally understandable. No, I know. So So are we thinking this is a force ghost? Well, yeah. Okay. I mean, he have to be. So yeah, right. the, the the next potential spoiler here is that they officially are saying Mark Hamill will be in episode nine. Now, as you alluded to. He was in episode seven, though, right? Too? Yeah, very briefly at the end. Very briefly as in, like how briefly? The as in like a minute on screen. <laughs> no a, dialogue. Was it a full minute? I'm going to say, I mean, because they spent so long doing this weird like I'm gonna say helicopter le- shot I'm going to say around. less than a minute. We need to time it. I'm gonna say it gets close to a minute, uh, but no, no speaking role. You know, obviously he, he's of course, just, of course not. Does a lot of facial uh, work there. Yes. I mean, he's really acting with his face in, at the end of episode seven. Um, but they just flat out say, "Hey, he's in episode nine. This is gonna happen." And yeah, I think the natural conclusion there is that he's gonna be a force ghost. I mean, who knows? Maybe they do some other weird thing. I don't know. I mean, maybe there's. Something we're not thinking of that they could do, but that seems like the logical, you know, we still had Obi-Wan in episode five and episode six. Um, we still had even Yoda. Well, in episode eight, Yoda shows up as a, as a force ghost. So there's ways that they can bring him back and Ray's going to need him, right? Like what is she supposed to do? And we don't know how long of a, a gap there's going to be between these two movies. I mean, they could, they could easily jump out several years, you know, and, and pick up the story there. We, who knows how that that's going to work. Uh, but I like that. They're just saying it because everybody, I mean, we all think that he's going to be in it. I kind of feel like though, if Leia, you know, Leia, if K- Carrie Fisher hadn't died, I don't think they would have just flat out come out and said he's in it. I think they would have teased it up and, you know, I think he still would have been in it, but I just think the fact that, you know, if, Potentially, you're having an episode nine with no original cast member of the original three, right? Lando's going to be in it too, which is you know another announcement you yeah. see here. Um, I think if Carrie the Fisher, original, the original Adam, Lando, not the original Lando, Billy D, Billy, Billy, Billy D, D Williams. Williams, yeah, yeah. None of this Donald Glover awesomeness. That's, yeah, that's, you thought I was going to say the, nonsense, the didn't you? Um. So yeah, they're just coming out flat out saying it. Mark Hamill's going to be in it. He's come out on Twitter and and you know said, "Hey, I don't have to deny this anymore." So. Mark Mark Hamill's talking about stuff on Twitter. Yeah, imagine really? that. Yeah, it's that not guy. Donald Trump. It's 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 weird. I, I don't know. <laughs> and we already knew this next piece that Abrams is directing. Well, the reason I included nine. this this note is not because of J.J. Abrams, okay. but the statement in the official announcement was J.J. Abrams returns to direct the final installment of the Skywalker saga. Okay. So they're being pretty direct here. Like this is it. And to me, that in itself is also a spoiler because I feel like it's pretty much says, Hey, Kylo Ren's not making it out of this movie. Cause he's the last remaining member, you know, branch of that line. Hmm. We'll see. That's kind of how I take it. We'll see. I could go either way. 
But I, I don't know, man. It's it. So what do they do? I mean, what does Star Wars do after episode nine? Because I feel like they could have more movies with Ray, depending on oh, what I happens mean, to I think her. they'll have another trilogy. Yeah. It'll always just be trilogy-based. But I it'll guess. just be no more no more Luke. It's, it's completely done. Seems Maybe that way. Not. Seems that way. We'll see. So that was interesting, too. Um, yeah, I don't know. Uh, from now on, though, we can't really dive into Star Wars rumors anymore because you and I have both agreed that we're not going to watch the trailers. Right. I mean, unless, you know, it just depends on what becomes popular enough to no, become known. You gotta, you gotta, you, you gotta just, hold me you accountable. Don't, you, don't, you don't seek anything. I mean, if a trailer just starts playing on my TV and you cannot ab- and avoid there. it, I mean, I have, I have, I already went on a rant about trailers, right? And the podcast two or three episodes ago. Yeah. I, I'm so bothered by trailers. I think they just ruin things so much. And not just trailers, but like the culture of like rewind theaters and do you ever watch re- trailer rewinds or any of that stuff? No. What is that? It, it's people will take a trailer, particularly for popular you know, movies like Star Wars or any nerd movie. Um, IGN does this all the time. They'll take a trailer and just do like a 20 minute podcast essentially on it and just break it down frame by frame and pull out all these little Easter eggs. And at that point you basically know, like even more than just watching the trailer. That's, that's totally fine with me because you're going to have to seek that out. But to see that here's the problem, Philip. I can't stop myself from seeking it out. That's your problem, though. It's not like they're forcing it on you. My I'm not talking about anyone else's problems. My issue with trailers is that they play before movies in the theater. Yeah. And there's really no way to avoid those. Without looking like a complete weirdo. Right. Exactly. (laughs) And yet, I don't want... Basically, like once I see... I only need to see probably 12 seconds of a... 60 to 90 second trailer to know if I want to see this movie. And if I want to see it, then I don't want to see any more of your trailer because I don't want anything else spoiled for me. And if I don't want to see it, I don't want to see the rest of the trailer either. So I, uh, I mean, I'm, I'm hoping that there are more, more trailers like, uh, what was one that I recently saw that was actually it's actually really good. Um, one that I'm way very little. One that I'm really interested in is well, did you ever see Infinity War or not? I haven't seen Infinity War. Okay, well, I can't really get into it too much, but it ends on a pretty big cliffhanger, and so I'm really curious how Marvel is going to release a trailer for the next Avengers movie because it's like. It's kind of like what season six of Lost had a lot of trouble with when they had a you know teaser trailers going into season six. Mm-hmm. The way season five ends, you're like, well, they can't just how much can they even show in a trailer without completely spoiling what's going to happen next? You know, when you when you have such a big cliffhanger to end a movie that's so closely tied to the next one, that's a tricky spot to be in. I was thinking about that the other day. I'm like, what are they even going to show? In the Avengers, the next Avengers trailer. 
they're not going to be able to really show anything. It's going to be a boring trailer because what can they show without completely ruining, you know, the, the premise of how, how this, this plot's going to go. Yeah. Interesting. Yeah. No, I got to stay away from episode nine, man. You, you can I'm do gonna go it. turn my YouTube notifications off for, yeah, for the star you, Wars channel. You should do that. Step one. You can, you can not watch the trailer. It's bare minimum. Unless you want to watch the trailer. I mean, there's a certain enjoyment to get out of watching the trailers and maybe, maybe you want that. I mean, that's, that's potentially interesting. I want to go in as blind as I can. I do too. I did. Did I watch the Force Awakens trailer? I mean, no, I watched Force Awakens trailers. Um, The Last Jedi. I watched like the very, very first Last Jedi trailer that came out like a year before, mm-hmm. maybe in like February or March. But I didn't watch any of them after that. It's interesting. Yeah. I feel like the Last Jedi trailer didn't really... I, I don't know. Like, I mean, it, it kind of... I don't, I don't feel like watching it and then watching the movie, I don't feel like it gave away a whole lot. I mean, they did show scenes that happened at the very... Then, like in the last, you know, the last set piece of the movie, which I thought was interesting. But, um, I mean, think about the, uh, the trade, the Super Bowl trailer for Westworld season two. The very first few shots of that trailer are from the final episode. <laughs> like, how crazy is that? I mean, in, in retrospect, I, I, I watching never, never now, saw that. Yeah, so the very first few shots of of the Super Bowl trailer that they did for Westworld mm-hmm. is of um the 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 bison or whatever running through the oh, lab okay. and um Maeve walking behind them. <laughs> that's in the very last episode. Yeah, that's in the last twenty five minutes. How insane is that? That's, that's intense. They, but you know, I mean, like, I guess you can get away with that stuff. I mean, it wasn't really. Revealing too much, but right? It's, I don't know, man. 